Bad snap. Bobble oh, scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Happy Sunday, East Lansing. Welcome to the Green and White Reports. Hey, we made it this morning. We did. There Trent, was there was some conflicting reports as to whether or not the boys would be here. Yeah, but we are here. We had an NFL injury report all laid out. I yeah. think all of us were questionable, but, but oh, I was doubtful. At doubtful. One, at one point, I was. None doubtful. of us were out though, and none of us are out, which is all that matters. Live to fight another day. Luke Sloan, Trent Valley, our voices are back. Thank you, uh, Zach Serdanik and Liam Jackson, who filled in for us last week. Killed it. They did a great job. But we are back this week. Happy homecoming, East Lansing, to all who celebrate, which is hopefully everybody out there, because right. homecoming is the best unofficial holiday there is. Yeah, if you don't celebrate homecoming, you're a loser. Yeah. How's that? Can like, I call you a loser? Like, high is school that homecoming was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. they had the dance. We should have a like a Michigan State homecoming dance. That would be What it. would we think about that? Just like a... At the Union? Yeah, like a 10,000-person dance. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Put I, it at the Breslin, actually. What yeah, am I that wouldn't be bad. Like, On the concourse. It'd be like prom. Anyways, I guess we'll dive right into it this morning. Once again, a, another win for Michigan State. We haven't talked about a loss yet for the Spartans. Yesterday, 48 31 over Western Kentucky. Michigan State now moves to 5 0 on the season. I repeat, 5 0 on Five. the season. Peyton Thorne, 327 yards through the air. Absolutely. Hank is back. Yeah, Hank is back. We want to say hello to Hank this morning. I love you, Hank. Oh, oh Hank's, he's turning, Hank's gonna, he's turning Hank's on his mic. Say something. I love you back. We also this have a great. special guest, real quick. Just just, of just course. give a Every shout time. out. Real quick, we got Peyton back in the studio. Associate he's, he's producer. Returning. Associate we, producer, yeah. Yeah, we have a we want to welcome a new uh member to the Green and White Report family. Uh, yeah. associate producer Peyton. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring her on staff soon. She works she's as a volunteer right now. Yes. So hopefully she'll prove her worth and make it up to the pay staff. <laughs> she did press a button to get the she intro did. going when Hank was running around. Hank is just grinding. Well, Shout out. Thank God she did it, because usually yeah. I have to do that and I start sweating. Look at this. Get a little nervous. See how it works? Yeah. It's going good. She's on a 10-day contract. Hey, Peyton is the uh, the MSU football good luck charm as well because she was here for Youngstown, Victory, Western Kentucky, Victory. Yes. So I'm sensing a theme. Keep chopping. She's coming Michigan week, so let's... Uh... Oh! Oh, Whoa, he has trouble with the oh my goodness. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Sunday. Holy. We're just shot out of a cannon this morning. We Keep are. chopping, by the way. Keep chopping, baby. They kept the woodshed was unreal last night. They kept putting that on the scoreboard last night. I thought it was just the best thing ever. I was just doing it in the student section. Yeah. I probably looked like a loser, but no, it's okay. Uh, my, my brother and I were doing it like to each other, just like kind of locking eyes and doing it kind of awkwardly. Yeah, you know what? Great. I'm becoming a clapper too, like Mel. Like we're off the rails here to start the show. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, Peyton Thorne. Here's his statistics from yesterday. Like... One like Mel last year was a notorious clapper. Like yeah. bad, good, he'd be clapping. I'm sitting up there and there's like a two yard gain. Kenneth Walker runs for like two yards and I'm clapping. I'm a clapper now. I don't want to be a clapper. You know, you gotta walk the line. Like you don't want to be a Jason Garrett type. No. But you also don't want to be like a I don't know what a good example would be. Bill Belichick, just a stoic, 
kind of a jerk. Big game honestly. for Bill Belichick tonight. Huge game. Oh, we'll man. get to that later. Yeah, lots to get to. Lions, Michigan State. We have Zach Sloak, special guest, coming in at eleven eighteen. But diving back into Michigan State a little bit more. Kenneth Walker the third, another good day on the ground. Twenty four rushes for one hundred and twenty six yards and three touchdowns. Speedy Naylor, Jaden Reed, they each had a good game as well. Obviously, Jaden Reed with that punt return to get Michigan State in the end zone first. He also had 127 yards receiving. Jalen Naylor led all receivers with eight receptions for 128 yards. So they both got into the mix. But I want to talk about something. Once again, the shenanigans will continue because I guess this is a shenanigan Sunday. Yeah. But the student section is now the deep end. I love that. I how are we feeling about the deep end? I love, I, I love the deep end. I love the banner they got out front. I also love the graphic they use of the yeah. Sparty helmet at the bottom of the ocean. That was I really cool. I just think it's incredible. The graphic design folks at MSU football remain undefeated. Yeah. Their creative team is the best in college football. They The video content they produce, the Mel Tucker mic'd ups that I listen to at like 10 o'clock at night make me want to go run through a wall. Mel makes it easy on him. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Like He's Mel a Tucker, content machine. Mel Tucker is the MSU content team's MVP. Hank, what do you think of the deep end? New student section name. It obviously, for those who do not know, it originates from Mel Tucker's famous saying after we beat my we Michigan State journalism <laughs> beat Miami. Take saying, "Hey, we took him into the deep end, and they didn't come out deep the end." Deep end. I I did not know that they officially dubbed it the deep end. It was quick. It happened really fast. Yeah. Well, you know what else happened fast is <clears throat> we're now going to the woodshed every Saturday. Yeah, right. That happened. There's very conf- fast. So I I we get all kinds of new nomenclature. You know, you know what else is fast? Just Mel Tucker turning the culture around. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Look at Trent dragging us back into not the deep. We're going <laughs> back into the shallow end here because we actually have to talk about some football. But kind of a, a few things to go over. You know, Western Kentucky, I think this game played out pretty much like we expected it to. Western Kentucky, 488 yards through the air. Michigan State had 519 total yards of offense. Western Kentucky had 556. I thought, I think we thought it was going to be a shootout. Obviously, Western Kentucky, 15 points in the third quarter. Not really the way Michigan State wanted to finish the game. But I think if you had to ask me, and what I was telling people before the game, is that you know it's going to be a shootout. So it, it, it pretty much played out like we thought. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I guess the one concern that I have for this team, and I think everyone in Spartan Nation kind of shares this sentiment, it is the second half kind of letting your foot off the gas a little bit. And that's something that I think is easily, easily corrected. Um, but, you know, we kind of saw that against Youngstown State. We saw that against Nebraska a little bit. You, you you let the foot off the gas and you let the team back into it a little bit. And, you know, it is what it is. But still, you know, if you just look on the stat sheet or just the scoreboard, Michigan State did roll. It was wire to wire. Jaden Reed obviously blowing the place open with his, you know, punt return touchdown. That was unbelievable. Off. Yeah, to start the game. And I just don't know when people are going to learn that they <laughs> probably shouldn't kick to him. I don't know. P- pick a different plan. Yeah. Two just massive punt returns in a row. I mean, obviously, the the game-tying punt return touchdown against Nebraska. I was not able to be at that game, but it looked like just another electric day in the city. And then this punt return touchdown just kind of got the team going. But there's kind of a theme. You know, this wasn't necessarily the, the prettiest win in the world. They would have liked to finish the game better. I mean, they rolled in the first half. Yeah. Kind of I mean, that's when the game is won. That's the thing yeah. is you win the game in the first half, and then it's just kind of sleepwalking through the second, and that, that, that's got to get cleaned up. 21 points in each of the first two quarters, only six points in the second half, but a win is a win. And considering I had this Michigan State team at 6-6 six and six entering the year, considering they're 5-0, and oh, I mean, feeling I, good. I need to keep blinking or something or 
rub my eyes. It do, I it doesn't feel real. I mean, the expectations for this team have skyrocketed in a month. I mean, it's October third, and this team is sitting at five and zero. Oh. With how dreadful they were last year, I don't know if anyone saw this coming. No yeah, I, I I'll, I'll tell you right now. Last night after the game, I'm walking to an undisclosed location with my brother, and he said to me. You know, he's a Chippewa, but he's an honorary Spartan. He says, dude, what does it feel like to be 5-0? and And it it really sunk in at that moment, and I was like, okay, yeah, this team's pretty good. I don't know. Like, I think I'd be interested to get your opinion on this, Sloan, but I think the expectations now have risen for that Penn State and Ohio State game, not necessarily to win them, but to at least compete and try to keep it, you know, a 10-point game, a 7-point game. That'd be a huge improvement just from, year, from last year, let alone the last five years. I mean, this team has almost kind of set its own expectations. Correct. I mean, none of us are really sitting around here saying, oh, you know, well, maybe some of us are, like, oh, Big Ten East Championship crown, you know, you know, contending for a Big Ten championship potentially. But this team has played itself into those expectations. I mean, even today, pulling up the standings, you know, prepping on the show sheet a little bit, thinking about Ohio State in my head, I thought – Oh, you know, Ohio State will be in the mix. Penn State's got a really good team. But then in the back of my head, I just kind of thought, wait a second, this Michigan State ball club's 5-0. and Michigan ball club down the road's 5-0. and I mean, in, in recent memory, I can't really remember the Big Ten East being this strong. I mean, you have a solid Rutgers team that's going to make a bowl. I know Maryland just got pounded by Iowa, but they're a solid team. Indiana, obviously, they're not having a great year, but you can't count out Tom Allen. From top to bottom, the Big Ten East is just a juggernaut. Yeah, I, I feel like the Big Ten East in football has, has really kind of tried to save the Big Ten basketball season last year yeah. when everyone flamed out. They're making up for it. These I football guys are. are balling. I mean, you're gonna how many New Year's bowl games you're gonna see from the I mean, regardless of who makes the Big Ten title game out of the Big Ten East, I mean you're gonna see an Outback Bowl team from the Big Ten East, you're gonna see a Citrus Bowl team from the Big Ten East. It's a gauntlet, and it's gonna be a good test for this Michigan State team. I mean, the expectations, we made them pretty clear the last time we hopped on air. You know, Trent and I both think this is an eight or nine win football team now. I mean, obviously a bowl game was considered optimal. Now a bowl game is, you know, it has to happen. It's right there. So it everything is out in front for this team. A couple other little nuggets about the game. Just a couple little thoughts we wrote down. Cal Holiday. Got called for targeting. I believe it was early in the fourth quarter. I'm not really sure what I saw there. So I completely missed this because yeah. I was actually leaving the stadium. I, we I, left after the third quarter. It was a ghost targeting, if, if there was such a thing. Phantom? Yeah, phantom, phantom targeting. targeting. Phantom flag, phantom target. It was terrible. Okay. I mean, he 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 the, the Western Kentucky was driving toward the red zone. Cal Holiday, there was a, I think it was the quarterback, slid. Cal Holiday lowered his shoulder to try to tackle him. The the player, the Western Kentucky player, went underneath his tackle. Minimal to no contact was made. The flag came out targeting Cal Holiday. By the way, coming out of nowhere, under recruited three star, and now he's a starting linebacker on this team. So nevertheless, really a shame he's going to be gone for the first half of that Rutgers game. But that was just a, a head scratcher. Yeah, I mean it's almost like those situations you you should be able to appeal that. I don't yeah. know. I, uh, Just kind of like kind of like in professional sports, you can appeal penalties yeah. or and I'm, you know, I'm suspensions. About, I'm talking about the suspension. Yeah. Like, like obviously, I get I get the targeting thing is kind of a judgment call, and when it happens, it happens. And sometimes they look at it, and sometimes they don't, and they throw them out for the game. But like when it's when it carries over into the Rutgers game, and like a potential trap game for the Spartans, and Big we'll talk time. about that in a little bit here. I think you should be able to appeal that and just kind of look at the tape. I completely agree. I don't. 
I don't argue with the ejection from the game. Sure, we can yeah, let it stand. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's but, fine. Yeah, but... Appeal to the Big Ten office, the rules committee, somebody. Nevertheless, 517-884-8989. You can also tweet us using the hashtag GWReport. The question is the following, kind of bringing it full circle, because this is what we do on the Green and White Report. So, obviously, there are two 5-0 and football teams in this state. Big victory for the Michigan Wolverines as well. Got to give credit where credit is due. Going into Camp Randall, winning for the first time since 2002. Two 5-0 and teams in this state. Obviously, on fans on either side of the rivalry, are these fans willing and are you willing to put the hatred aside to see two undefeated teams when October 30th rolls around? That is the question. 517-884-8989. Because that game week, that buildup would be unbelievable. As a selfish member of the media here, Yes, I would rather both teams be undefeated. It will add to the juice. College game day will probably be here. ESPN. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it's like as as a sports fan, it's a can't lose situation if both teams are are undefeated and the Spartans roll out, you know, they basically take the Wolverines to the woodshed. And I they think keep chopping. Chop keep them chopping. We're, we're chopping in the studio this morning. Hand them their first L. I think I mean, differences aside, I understand it's the rivalry. These teams hate each other. I know this is kind of a softball question, some may call it, but I think it's a layup that you need to put all hatred, any bias aside to propel these two teams to being undefeated. For Michigan State, the path isn't as long. Both teams do have a bye. Michigan goes to Nebraska next week. Then they have a bye. Home against Northwestern. The path is there to 7-0. and Michigan State at Rutgers, like what you said, it is a trap game. But then they go to Indiana as well. Neither one of those is a softball game. We were just talking about the Big Ten East. But nevertheless, two 7-0 football teams headed into October 30th, Halloween weekend at the Woodshed would be an unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a top five moment in my four years here, I think. 100%. If, if, if the Spartans were to pull it off, you know what I mean? You got two undefeated teams. It's your rival. It's your biggest game of the year. That would honestly be the biggest game, the biggest football game of our tenure here, Sloan. Or sporting events. I mean, Probably, there's been some big ones. Yeah. I mean, last men's basketball season, we had the pleasure of being there. The Illinois game, the Ohio State game, the Michigan game that they won. There were some big ones, but, I mean, this might trump it. Yeah, probably. So my I mean, question to you guys is, yes. what, what was going through your mind as you're watching, you're watching Michigan actually take care of business yesterday in, in Wisconsin? Here's my thing. I, I, don't want, I do not want my message to get misconstrued here <laughs> because I, think, I, I know what Hank's getting at. I am not by any means rooting for Michigan to win so that this will happen. I'm simply saying if it does happen – it's going to be a great thing for sports and for, honestly, for the rivalry and the university, both schools, and it's just like, it'll be a cool thing. Do I hope Michigan loses by 40 next week? Yeah, I this do. This is what the state needs. Last year, pandemic. Yes. No fans. We all were in our homes. It was terrible. Imagine two 7-0 and football teams here, which is a bonus, Right. going at it for Paul Bunyan. Obviously, Michigan State trying to keep it home. be unbelievable. Packed house. 517-884- 8989 is the phone number. Any reaction as well to Michigan State's 48-31 win over Western Kentucky? You can text us using that number. You can also tweet the show with the hashtag GWReport and follow the show on Twitter at GWReportWDBM. The question remains, can you put your hatred aside for two 7-0 football teams headed into October 30th? On the other side of the break, we're going to have a college football rush. Bring in Henry, talk a little bit about what happened in the college football landscape on Saturday. You're listening to the Green and White Report. 89 FM, the music that matters. 
was a big Saturday in the world of college football. We're going to bring in Henry Menegos now for a college football rush. Henry, take it away, sir. College football rush, here we go. Rush question number one. After falling to 3-2 th- to and two with the loss to Auburn yesterday, is LSU coach Ed Orgeron headed toward a firing? This is a weird, like, it's like a trap question. If, I, if that's a thing, because I feel like anytime you win a championship, no matter how bad you are the next two or three years, you kind of get two or three years of immunity. But we are starting to see that start to wear off because obviously Joe Burrow was the single biggest reason for that LSU team. And that dynasty, it's not a dynasty because they only won one, but just those teams. And now it's kind of like, OK, you don't have a generational talent at quarterback. Now we got to see what you're really made of in terms of coaching, recruiting, all that stuff. So. Is he heading towards a firing? Maybe. I don't know. I, I wish I could give you a more straight-up answer, but I, I would say, I would lean towards no, but I understand the sentiment of where the question's going. Joe and Joe might have been the key to LSU. Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, obviously Joe Brady, offensive coordinator when they won the title in 2019. Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator now. I can 100% guarantee at this moment that at this time next year he'll be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, he'll get a job. Looking at you, Cincinnati Bengals, take yourselves to the next level. Yeah, fire Zach right. Taylor. You could go reunite and it, them. More on that to come. We all NFL rush coming up in the next hour as Can't well. Wait. God, I love the NFL. But back to this question, Ed or you know, it's just a weird situation down there in the Bayou. And I know this isn't a buy or sell, but if I had to buy or sell him getting fired, I'd buy it. For some after reason, the season or, or I think after the season. Okay. For some reason, it just seems like the pressure is on. Like you said, they haven't been the same since Burrow and Brady left. The defense has been a mess. They've, you know, they've, they've got their third defensive coordinator in three years since winning the title. It everything is just it's it's puzzling how far this team has fallen. And the SEC, it just means more. The expectations down there are different. And I, you know, I'm a as big an Ed Ogeron guy as there is because I think he's hilarious and he's a drop waiting to happen. You know, go Tigers. Yeah. You know, Death Valley. It's where opponents' dreams come to die. Go to press conference. Yeah, not anymore apparently, but. <laughs> he, he's our guy, but I think the future is bleak. I think the last point that I really want to hammer home, and you you alluded to it, it's different in the SEC, man. Yeah. I would I would it's a different it dog. To, I would equate it to those days when LeBron was playing in the East and just owning the Eastern Conference, and like guys were Dwayne Casey won Coach of the Year and was fired by the Toronto Raptors simply because he couldn't beat LeBron James. Yeah. So it's almost the expectations like, are just different. Yeah, and you're in the SEC, and it's it's really the belly of the beast, and some people just aren't cut out for it. I'm not saying Coach O yeah. isn't good is I, not good enough because if Coach O is to go somewhere else, he'll stay in the he'll stay in the Power Five a million and, percent. And he will get a program back on its feet, I think. But I just you know at LSU like that job. Like you, you, you can't have seasons like this one. It's a top five job in college football, and hey, it'll probably be open. After three straight wins, bouncing back to the, after their or, or home loss to Oregon, are the Buckeyes still the heavy favorite to win the Big Ten East? You know what? The big bad evil Buckeyes. As much as people wanted to get down on them, especially in this state after that loss to Oregon, until they prove otherwise. I'm just. I have to default to them as as who's going to come out in the Big Ten East. I mean, we talked about it in the last couple segments. Talked about it with Zach a little bit. The Big Ten East is nasty, and there's only one team in there who's proven to get through it every season. And I, you know, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to give Ohio State the benefit of the doubt. C.J. Stroud, big game yesterday. Defense slowly starting to improve. I'm still high on the Buckeyes. I guess. I would take it in a little bit of a direction, different direction. I think that Ohio State will win the Big Ten East, but the key word for me is heavy favorite. 
And I would lean, I, I would push back on that a little bit for one reason, and that's Penn State. I think Penn State looks fantastic. I think they've got it figured out as well. And I would, I would argue that their wins are a little bit more higher quality than Ohio State. It's early. It's still early. We're only five games in. But Penn State has impressed me a little more than Ohio State, given all the context. But Sloan, you are exactly right in that Ohio State is finally starting to turn the corner and gel a little bit. And and yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna win the Big Ten East, but I don't think heavy favorite is fair enough to Penn State and what they've been able to do. I think the 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 margin for error is is quite slim. You know, if if they're thinking college football playoff after that loss to Oregon, they're gonna have to run the table and win the Big Ten. That's so, true, and I think they know that. And yeah, you know. I mean, Ohio State they've never backed down to a challenge before, and you know, this is gonna be a big one. So, like you said, they know it. Rush question number two: Georgia is off to a five and zero start after beating Arkansas thirty seven to zero on Saturday. Is this Kirby Smart the Bulldogs' best chance at national championship in recent memory? It's hard to answer this question, like I, because the thing is, is is this their best chance? I don't know because they were one throw away from winning it a couple years ago, twenty seventeen yeah. and tw- was it twenty eighteen? Whatever. I think it was eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen playoff. So it's like. I would say no. This isn't their best chance, but I do like the. I I like Georgia a lot, actually. Like that's my, their defense. Trent is unbelievable. There's some dogs. Like they're bulldogs. To pun, be, pun intended. You know the one thing I'm concerned about Georgia. They have just an unbelievable team, but they have quarterback problems. Is it J T. Daniels? Is it Stenson? Stenson? Stenson Bennett? Just Dude, a just, just a great SEC quarterback sounds name. Sounds like a cologne name. Yeah, like like what? That's what you would name your fragrance, the Bennett from Stenson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna have to make a promo for that audio production in the house, audio assistant yeah. Peyton as well. She's the jack of all trades. Talk about Taysom Hill. <laughs> Talk about a Swiss Army knife yes. right there behind the glass. I just completely lost. Oh, yes, Georgia, of course. They had they had Georgia had Next four. Question. Yeah, Georgia had four guys who rushed for over ten yards. Not sure about the quarterback until they prove that. I'm gonna be out on him, even though the team looks great. That's fair. That's a fair criticism because I guess if the bar is Alabama yeah. and the bar is winning a national championship, that's a huge hole. I agree. Rush question. How much stock are you putting into Michigan's 38-17 to win at Cap Randall? You know, I don't want to be a traitor on what I've said on previous shows. I know this is a wounded Wisconsin team. Graham Mertz is not the answer at quarterback. Their offensive line is kind of painfully average, which is weird. But it has to be said... You know, they haven't won in Camp Randall since 2002. It's kind of a monkey off your bat game. I think a little luster is off just because it's not a great Wisconsin team, but this is not a game Jim Harbaugh wins at Michigan. So for that, I'm not going to go back on what I said, and I'm going to give them credit for winning this game. Is it the banner win that I think launches them into a a college football playoff discussion? No, I don't think it is. But is this something that you look at as a win, a positive step? I have to say it is. I mean, I'm not going to go back on what I said. Harbaugh, you know, regardless of what kind of Wisconsin team it is on the other sideline, that's not a game that he wins. And they went out and they took care of business quite handily. So I'm going to give him credit. Yeah, I can't really diversify the conversation here because I agree with you, Sloan. There's the age-old question of is it something, is it nothing, is it everything? It's not everything and it's not nothing. It's something to yeah. go up there and to get That's that win. To like it. you said, Sloan, first time winning at Camp Randall since 2002. And we know these Wisconsin teams as of late have been respectable. So it's a good win, but it's still Zach Slowick sat here 10 minutes ago and elaborated on it. I still would like to see Michigan beat a, a proven opponent. And I guess you could say that's not really their fault. So we'll see when that yeah. comes around. Yeah. But hey, Michigan gets a push up front. They know how to run the ball and they, they seem to be peaking right now as well.
I agree. Couldn't agree more. Next question. I lost my spot. After Saturday's <laughs> overtime loss to Stanford, are number three Oregon's playoff hopes crushed? Probably the same situation as Ohio State. I have to run the table. I mean, because the college football playoff committee is going to want to get the Pac-12 and the left coast market into the mix, they're going to do everything possible to get Oregon in. And a one-loss Oregon team would make the playoff, especially with that win against Ohio State. So running the table, winning the Pac-12 gets them in. But kind of like we said with the Buckeyes, you know, we both agreed both, you know, if Oregon and Ohio State are both going to make the playoff, they're going to have to win out, win their conferences. I actually agree with you 100%. I think that it would be great for college football and great for the playoff format if the Pac-12 was able to get back there. And I Oregon agree. is obviously their their ticket there. And I think I also just in general believe that the Ohio State win and beating Ohio State by seven, that nullifies a loss in my opinion because you're yes. it's like beating Alabama. Like if you beat Alabama but you've got a loss and you play in the SEC, you know, like I, I don't know who, who would be the, the one to do it, but my point is just that that, to me, is enough to offset a loss and keep you in that playoff conversation because let's not lie to yeah. ourselves. They're, like th- this is the, be- the SEC is the best conference in football, and I know we're talking about the Pac-12, but the point is you're not going to have an unblemished record. No, you're not. I, I think you put it beautifully. You know, that Stanford loss is nullified from that. No one goes to Ohio State and wins in the non-con. Nobody. There's been two teams in recent memory that have done it. This Oregon team... And Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield. And right. we know how good that Oklahoma team was. So I think it could be a similar path for both teams. Next question. Indiana lost 24-0 to zero to Penn State on Saturday. Are we officially off the Indiana football hype train? Was there ever a hype train? I think I, last year there definitely was a hype train. Okay, bit. that's fair. Tom Allen was a Twitter beast. You know, yeah. Michael Penix, you know, they came here, won 24 nothing last year. I think there was definitely juice. And, I mean, what do you think, Trent? Is it gone? I mean, they're flat. They lost to Cincinnati. They only beat this Western Kentucky team by two. You know, get, getting shut out by an opponent in Big Ten play is is tough. I mean, they're, Michael Penix has been shaky coming back from the, the, the knee injury. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to like ride and die and ride the wave, but I'm out on Indiana. Yeah, I don't know how you can be in. I mean, I understand Penn State is a great team. We just talked about them, but to go to get skunked, to get beat 24-0. Yeah. Hang in. Just hang in. Cover. So, yeah, I guess I, w- I would say I am off the Indiana football hype train to answer the question. Yeah, I think we both are. Next question. After Cincinnati's huge 24-13 win at Notre Dame, is Luke Fickle the hottest name on the college football coaching market? I am oh. a fickle guy, but Sloan, take it away. I, so the fickle is just we have. There's some bitter opinions in East Lansing about fickle because he didn't bit. come here, and you know there was the infamous uh, remarks he made about, oh, I don't know about the campus culture up there at Michigan State. It's like, sorry, yeah, sorry, not what, my what, fault, yeah, dude. sorry, dude. I, I don't know what you're. Whatever. I'm not going to get into sorry, it. Sorry, I like to get after yeah. it on Saturday. We got we got to stay timely here, but. This guy, I mean, I, football guy, by the way. Number one, I love the 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 uh, the, the, the not the smock. The the what does he wear? The the oh, sleeveless the, yeah. uh, the, the, tank. It's like a it's like a vest. The vest. Or, yeah. I love the vest, and it has like team on the back, like yeah. the acronym, and it's like together everyone achieves more, and it's like the acronym on the back. Like if he came to state and he had that with the team on the back and like the Spartan, I'd I'd wear that to game day every day. Fickle. USC, LSU potentially, they're going to come calling for him. I mean, I know that he likes Cincinnati a lot, 
I know that Cincinnati is going to be in the Big 12, but eventually you're going to kind of tap out the resources at a place like Cincinnati. So he'd be making the smart move, you know, looking at Matt Campbell at Iowa State. He's kind of stuck around there a little too long. I think him bolting would be the best move, but I mean, hey, the expectations are high. They can make the playoff at this point. In, we're in at Indiana, at Notre Dame. I mean, who's got a better resume than them? Not, not, not nobody really. Yeah. I mean, on paper, the funny thing is Sloan, and you kind of mentioned this. The to ask who the hottest name on the coaching market is in college football, it's almost like a quasi like okay, who's going to get the next USC yeah. job? Because that's just kind of what it feels like right now. If I'm USC, I'm definitely making the call to Luke Fickle. Oh, and I'll just you have leave it to. At that. I mean, Luke Fickle has so much juice that you could fire your average coach to go get him. I mean, he's really kind of bet on himself. Stayed at Cincinnati. You know, Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, came back for another year. They have a great team. Their defense is strong. I, You know, he bet on himself, and I think that was a big-time move. You could see multiple Power 5 teams. You know, I think Notre Dame is kind of his dream job. You know, we'll see what happens with Brian Kelly. I don't think they fire him. They just extended him, in fact. Thank you, Brain, for clicking in there and yeah, stopping yeah. me for uh, <laughs> avoiding a bad take. But, you know, Ohio State, obviously Ryan Day's not going anywhere unless it's the NFL. But Luke Fickle, stay tuned. Big year for Cincinnati. How do we do, Hank? Pretty good. We're all done. We all right. It, are you just saying yes, that, Hank? Are you, are you just saying that or are you I being... I would never lie to you, boys. I, I would that, never that, lie to you, see, boys. See, that's true. I do believe that. I yeah, believe he would never, never. On the other side of the break here on the Green and White Report, talking a little bit more Michigan State football, but not necessarily the X's and O's. Game day is back in East Lansing. We're going to take the temperature on the game day atmosphere in East Lansing. Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, Henry Menegos. It's the Green and White Report on WDBM. 89FM, the music.